0: Remember that joy, real joy, does not come from those many presents under the tree or from beautiful decorations of the house. That doesn't bring Christmas joy. Real Christmas joy is coming because the Savior has come. Merry Christmas! You are listening to Grace and Mercy Podcast. This podcast is for people who want to know the grace of God and how it changes the way we interact with the world. I'm your host, author Darlene Bojek, and in this episode, we are going to find out what Christmas has to say about grace. As I record this, it is December 24th, 2021. We have Christmas Eve tonight, Christmas Day tomorrow, and Christmas Sunday on Sunday. In our country, where I live in Turkey, we are celebrating Christmas on the 26th. But some people celebrated it last week. Merry Christmas to everyone. And we are looking forward to a really good show today because we are going to be talking about all of the grace words in the Christmas story in particular. So to start off, we are going to be reviewing Luke 1 and 2 and Matthew 1 and 2 and John 1 in particular. And in those verses we are going to learn that the entire message of grace that we've been studying so far in Grace and Mercy podcast is encapsulated in the Christmas story. And that's what's so very exciting uh, to me. So to review, uh, we have several words that are uh, in Greek for the word grace. We have charis which is properly grace, is preeminently used of the Lord's favor, freely extended to give himself away to people because he's always leaning toward them. So the word carries the imagery of leaning toward. The second word we look at is the word kairo, which is properly to delight in God's grace or to rejoice. Literally, it means to experience God's grace or favor, to be conscious or glad for his grace. Third word, kara, is properly the awareness of God's grace or favor. Also translated, joy. In other words, it's grace recognized. Then we have karitu, which is an adjective, highly favored because of being receptive to God's grace. And then we have the word charisma, charisma. Properly, the operation of grace or divine favor. The, the, this is the ma ending is the action ending. So it's grace in action. And we talked in previous episodes about the charisma machine. And if you uh, want to hear more about that, then you can look over at those episodes. Now, instead of reviewing this sequentially, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we're going to do our best to review this sequentially for the events of time. We will start with John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. we have God, the Son, who is in the beginning with God, the Father, creating the world. In here, we see grace. In verse 14, 15, 16, 17, it says, full of grace and truth, grace upon grace, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So as he came into the world, he was bringing grace with him, and he was full of grace and truth, and he was himself grace. As we reviewed as well in the Old Testament, particularly, we see that the word grace is tied with favor. And that is related to giving and receiving. Something is being given and the grace is the action or the, the action of grace is always involved in the act of giving. Giving and grace are connected to each other. So it says, For from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So you see right here that grace is coming in the form of Jesus Christ. Okay, so that is sequentially John after John. Sequentially, we see the story of the annunciation to Mary and the announcement to Zechariah of John the Baptist's birth. We have the first reference to this, the word that is kara, and that is Luke 1, 14. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. So we have both kara, which is you will have joy, and there's also rejoice, which is kairo. So what does this mean? In In our study of grace in the New Testament particularly, we always look at whether or not the joy that's referenced is talking about something that comes through grace, through something that God has done, and indeed the story of John the Baptist where A woman who is far beyond her years to bear a child has had a child. Zechariah, who who had a great hope of having a son, is given a son. And not only so, but he is given a son who will be the prophet of the Most High. So we have joy and rejoice right there as John the Baptist's birth is foretold. Because this is the awakening of grace. The awakening of grace where John the Baptist is born, and then we have the birth of Jesus foretold. So the second occurrence in the book of Luke is when the angel comes to Mary in verse 28 of chapter 1. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. So we have actually the word kara is the very first word that comes in that story. And it is when he says greetings. The word greetings is the word kairo or rejoice. Hail is another way or greetings. But he says, rejoice, O favored one. And the word favored there is the word karitu, which means. Favored one. caritu, properly, highly favored because receptive to God's grace. The very first time, sequentially, that we see the word grace in the Bible is right here as well. When Mary is told a few verses later, you have found favor with God. So we see karis, we see kairo, we see kara, we see all three of these kind of uh, concentrated um. And, and really strongly expressed right here in the Annunciation. Now, the next time that we see grace in the Christmas story is a reference to it. A reference to something that has come from the hand of God. It does not use the word specifically grace, either kara, kaido, karis, but it gives the concept of Grace. And that is here. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And she continues talking about the, the, the great things that he has done, for example, filled the hungry with good things, it is it is declaring the grace of God. And we, uh, we talked about in a previous episode about the charisma machine, the sending back up of grace to God when you have received a grace. So rejoicing and the thankful returning of joy or thankful returning of grace to God is this... Um, is this charisma machine and here she is as soon as she is uh, confirmed by Elizabeth that Elizabeth knows what's going on as well she her soul just rejoices and it does say here that her spirit rejoices in God my savior though this is not exactly the the word kairo that's used right here for rejoice the next time that we see the word kairo is in the context of a word that's called sunkaido, which is rejoicing together. And rejoicing together is a concept that we see later on in the epistles as well. But we see it here in the gospel story. And that is when Elizabeth's family and friends rejoice at the the birth of John the Baptist. Listen to this. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son and her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her and they rejoiced with her. So we have a great rejoicing in the birth of John the Baptist. And and while while we do have Elizabeth rejoicing in Mary coming to her, at the same time she does not get this soon Cairo when she gives birth. Um, or when she, when they find out that she 's going to have a baby, she doesn 't get this sunkairo from her friends and and neighbors, does she she They do not rejoice with her because they don 't understand this um, shameful thing she's uh, she 's entering into a season of shamefulness, and as she 's entering into that, she has the the joy that is coming from inside from recognizing the grace in her life, though outwardly it looks shameful. Inwardly, she has the joy, and she knows that she is a virgin who has conceived, and this is a great miracle, and it's a very hard thing for people to believe. So she knows that she's going to be carrying that. And we did mention before that even the Talmud, the Jewish writings, reference the fact that Mary was, was a wicked woman. They recognize that she was not a very chaste woman. And that, that Jesus was a an illegitimate child. Now we come to Luke 2. I'm going to read this story. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. of, this is good news of great joy, which will be for all the peoples. That's the word kara. And we see also the angels rejoicing. I do want to point out that later on in the Gospels, Jesus mentions that the angels rejoice when someone comes to repentance. And this is the rejoicing of delight in the grace of God and the angels are part of that charisma machine, the sending back to God, the, the grace that we receive, the overflowing of grace goes back up to God and comes down to us and goes back up to God. And I call that the, the operation of grace or the, the charisma machine. There's this part where we receive grace upon grace and we send it back up to God and we send praises up to God as kara and kaido, as joy. And thankfulness as well. And we see sunkaido right here, where they are rejoicing together. Uh, We see it, it's not used as a word, but we see the idea here, don't we? That they are rejoicing together with Mary. So she did have the shepherds and the angels rejoicing together with her. And she was, and Joseph was, certainly awed and amazed at this thing that had happened, which is the, the birth of a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and the angels announced it. Now, I do need to note that when they say, when the angels say, uh, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men, or uh, on whom his favor rests, some of the translations say, that is not the word grace. It's another word called eudokia eudokia is good pleasure good pleasure so it has the idea of favor but it's god's delight in us it's almost the the heart of grace is god's pleasure or goodwill right goodwill his goodwill to men well pleasing with whom he is pleased it says Goodwill, favor, feeling of complacency of God to man. Good pleasure, satisfaction, happiness, delight of men. So it's God's good pleasure which requires something is done through his work of inbirthing faith. Again, God's good pleasure requires something is done through his work of inbirthing faith. Uh, it's tied to verse uh, to chapter, uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, 11, that God may fulfill every good pleasure that comes from his goodness and his work of faith. So it's tied to what he wants to have happen. Then we have in Matthew, we have the word again, and sequentially we would say, that the events that happened in the book of Matthew would have happened after the shepherds were told. And what do we see in Matthew 2? Matthew 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of, of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose... We have the phrase Ekaresan Karen Megalen which means they rejoiced with joy great exceedingly. So we have a very superlative description of rejoicing with joy, which is again the joy, the, the grace turning into joy and going back up to God. And I said in the other episodes, that's sort of like the water cycle: go, comes down, goes up, comes down, goes up. Now, this is what we typically see as the Christmas story. Uh, there are two, two more verses I wanted to to re- draw your attention to uh, related to the word charisma. Now, charisma is the operation of grace, but it's related to gifts, an endowment, something given something given the operation of grace is connected to the idea of favor but that has to do with something from a giver and what is the verse that we all know that is about giving that is about the the christmas story for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord do you notice it says to you is born to you, to you you have a you have a the direction of something that's being given, right? The second verse obviously we know it is John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So in the gospel story is the Christmas. In the Christmas story is grace and joy and peace. So as you prepare your hearts for the Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and Christmas Sunday, as you prepare your hearts for the new year, remember that joy, real joy, does not come from outward things. It comes from recognizing the functioning of grace. Real joy comes from recognizing that the things that you have come from God. You can be pleased with a gift, happy with the the usefulness of a gift, but the joy comes from your family being with you, which is a gift from God, right? Your joy comes from your health which you have or which you have had for most of your life. Your joy comes from your from your needs being met which is from the master's hand, right? Joy comes from God because it's from God. It doesn't come from those many presents under the tree or from a beautiful beautiful decorations of the house. That doesn't bring Christmas joy. Real Christmas joy is coming because the Savior has come. So, at some point, Jesus was taken to the temple. When he got to the temple, Simeon was there. It says about Simeon, "...it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple." And Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Mary, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So, Anna's name is Grace. And Grace was summoned at that very hour that Jesus entered the temple. So, we said in our lesson about Luke that even with the name of Anna, we see Grace coming into the temple. We see with Simeon, he, he takes the Christ child in his arms and he sends grace back up to God. Let us as well be waiting for our Lord. Now we see Simeon and Anna were waiting for the first coming of Christ. And we also look heavenward waiting for our Christ to return. Here's a verse that has to do with Jesus and grace. It is Isaiah 33, 2. O Lord, be gracious to us. We wait for you. Be our arm every morning, our salvation in the time of trouble. The word gracious is um, the Hebrew word for grace, chana. And the word salvation is actually the word Yeshua. So when Simeon said, our salvation has come, he said, Yeshua has come. And you know the word Yeshua is the Jewish name for Jesus. So as we prepare our hearts to recount the birth of Christ, the first coming of Christ, also prepare your hearts for His return. Because when He returns, we can fully give grace upon grace back to Him and thankfulness upon thankfulness and joy upon joy. And we will have peace upon peace with our Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story of Christmas. We thank you for Christ being born, because this is the fulfillment of your prophecy that you would send a Savior. And through that Savior, you would uh, make our hearts new and give us heart of flesh, take out this heart of stone, and you would give us the robe of righteousness. And we are very grateful. We're grateful for, for Christ coming to the earth We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you gave up your glory in order to live a humble, shameful life. We don't even know the half of what you went through in your childhood, but we recognize that you did that for us. You lived through that for us so you could empathize with us in our weakness. And that when we struggle, you know what it's like. And we are very grateful that we have a high priest such as you, interceding for us before the Father, and we are grateful that you came and showed us the way out. You showed us the way um, to the Father, and we love you for that, and we thank you, uh, Lord Jesus, uh, for your great gift to us this season, and we look forward to seeing you when you return in all of your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening to Grace and Mercy Podcast with author Darlene Bojack. This has been episode 20 in season two, Applying Grace. Question of the week. What verse about grace has most changed your life? You can find the show notes for this episode, including links and verses for everything we talked about at graceandmercypodcast.com. Make sure to answer any of the questions of the week on the show notes page or send a WhatsApp voice memo. The phone number is on that page as well. Graceandmercypodcast.com and you can get a free bookmark if you go there and take a look. That's it for this time. See you next time. Bye bye.